Hey there, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's edition of From the Press Box. It's Tuesday, May 1st. It's May Day. It is May Day, believe it or not. I can't believe the month of May is here already. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And I'm joined every week, of course, by my wonderful co-host, the editor-in-chief and uh, founder of Rocket Sports Media and all of its brands, Mr. Rick Stevens. Now, I thought that national days were off limits for this podcast. I thought they were outlawed for this podcast. It's an international day. It's just the first day in May. Well, May Day Day has very specific connotations where you march all your military hardware. No, is that a day? Yeah, I think so. Or National Workers Day or something. But anyway, I think it's also Chocolate Parfait Day, National Chocolate Parfait Day. But I just heard that. Really? Chocolate yeah. parfait day. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm just going to scoot right past that to some hockey. <laughs> it's a beautiful day out there today. You know, it's it's almost 80 degrees here in Pennsylvania today. So it's that time of year where you start to kind of think, gosh, am I, it's beautiful outside. How can we be talking about hockey? But we're, we're really just kind of scratching the surface here in the playoffs, both the uh, at, at all league levels, and, and so there's lots of hockey left to talk about here at uh, from the press box, and, and our coverage is continuing on an AHL report. So even though it's getting nice outside, we still uh, we still are going to be ringside and, and talking about some hockey. So today today we're just going to take a quick peek in uh, into Laval. We've just got a couple of little things to discuss. Um, not too much in news coming out of of Laval in the last week, but just want to update you on a couple of things. Um, More of our in-depth AHL talk today is going to be um, revolving around the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. As we mentioned last week, we are covering them full-time in the postseason, and so we were at games three and four in Allentown in Lehigh Valley last weekend against the Providence Bruins, as well as listen to some audio from uh, some of the players from the Lehigh Valley Phantoms in addition to uh, some clips and quotes from head coach Scott Gordon as well. Uh, it was a, an exciting two games uh, in Allentown over this weekend, so we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll also preview uh, the week ahead as far as our live coverage with the Phantoms goes um, and things we expect to see uh, coming up later on this week. Then we're going to take a look um, at the AHL playoffs in general as round two starts to get underway. Uh, We'll take a look at the matchups heading into round two. We'll also uh, take a look back at the results from round one and kind of take a look at how Rick and I performed in our brackets for round one. Uh, We'll also do that for the NHL round one uh, results as well because we did have uh, some bracket predictions for the first round as well and we'll just kind of off the cuff here uh, as we review what the round two matchups are in the AHL we'll kind of just put down our uh, opinions on where we think those will will line up at the end of these uh, now we move to a best of seven series in the AHL so Rick I guess let's first start um, with with the Rockets, just a couple of, of things of note uh, from from a couple of players. We, we knew already that Charlie Lindgren uh, had been invited by USA Hockey to represent the United States in Denmark for uh, the Worlds, so he will be one of three goaltenders over there. But we found out this week 
that there is another Laval player who will be representing their country at the World Championships as well. Mr. Marcus Eisenschmidt will be representing Germany, and that's that's very exciting news for Marcus. Great news for Marcus, and, and maybe one of um, the players that doesn't get a lot of attention other than for his uh, linguistics, uh, but his, his um, you know, he's a, he's a creative player um, on the ice. Um, he's run into injury problems at times, but um, he can be used in any situation. He can be used up and down the lineup, um, and uh, it's, it's really good to see him being rewarded uh, and we'll get an opportunity to play in the Worlds um, with uh, Team Germany. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and that actually, prole- um, there is an exhibition game that is happening today, I believe. Um, yes, uh, the U.S. is playing Denmark in an exhibition game that is airing on the NHL Network at 8.30 p.m. tonight. Uh, so that is the first um Today is the first day of, of play, sort of beginning to start. And then um, I don't have the full schedule in front of me, but I know Team USA plays their first preliminary game against Canada um, on Friday at 4.15 p.m. That's Eastern time. Uh, it's 10.15 a.m. Denmark time. Um, so things get underway. Be sure, you know, we'll, we'll keep you posted as as that tournament goes along. There will be about a week of preliminary play uh, and then quarterfinals don't happen until Thursday, May 17th. So we've got a couple of weeks of tournament play uh, to watch these guys. And uh, it looks like Marcus Eisenschmidt and Charlie Lindgren will uh, meet each other in competition uh, when the U.S. plays Germany in a preliminary round game on this coming Monday, May 7th at 4.15 p.m. Eastern time. So that's one we won't want to miss. Hopefully uh, hopefully Charlie will be in the crease for that game and uh, we'll see those two teammates face off against each other. Um, the other thing, Rick, that I just wanted to touch on briefly, you know, we've, we've talked over the last couple of weeks about how uh, Coach Sylvain Lefebvre has been relieved of his duties and there's lots of speculation circulating regarding who is going to be the new replacement head coach in Laval. Um, there are a number of names that keep popping up as potential possibilities. Um, one in particular that was seemed to be highly touted by fans and, and some in the media alike was Dominic Ducharme. And upon uh, him ending his season, uh, took some interviews with a number of teams, but turns out he, he was hired by, by Montreal, but not where everyone expected him to be. Did not take a head coaching position in Laval, but is instead now an assistant coach for the Montreal Canadiens. And I just wanted to get your insight here and, and just talk to talk to our listeners a little bit about why that's probably a good fit for Ducharme to be an assistant behind the bench in the NHL instead of taking the head coach position in Laval. Well, we know that, that Don Ducharme um, is ambitious, uh, and he certainly had um, his sight set on a, a, a position in pro hockey uh, and as you said, he interviewed with another uh, a number of teams, and from what we're uh, we're told, he he had an offer uh, from Hershey to be their head coach. 
in the AHL. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't know how the discussions uh, went in um, with Montreal Canadiens, but you might imagine that that uh, uh, the head coaching position was was discussed as well for Laval. Um, may or may not, um, but but it, mm-hmm. it's not out of the realm of possibility that it was. But I think because we what we've talked about in the past in that the Canadians um, exert a, a great deal of control over Laval in terms of you know the systems that are used, the lineups, all those kinds of things. You can understand that that Ducharme um, would much rather be in the, the um, uh, at the, well in the pro ranks and uh, as an assistant coach for the Canadians. And as Claude Julien said, he would be a, a fourth coach, um, and so is there to give his input. Um, and I'm sure he'll he'll do that very well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, from his his record and and the type of coach he is, we know that that um, he's had success uh, at the junior level. Um, I'm I, I'm not sure how good of a, a, a teacher he was or how good he connects with with uh, with junior play or with younger players. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that's exactly what's needed in uh, Laval, a, a very good teacher. Um, Sylvain Lafay was a good teacher. We know Donald Dufresne is an excellent teacher. Um, and so I, I think that's exactly what's needed. And, and um, you know, maybe that wasn't uh, the, 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 the highest point on his skill set um, that is to charm. So it's probably not a bad thing that... Uh, They'll be behind the bench in, in Montreal rather than Laval. And so this, you know, the, the the suspense continues. I know it's something, you know, fans are really clamoring to get an answer, to, to get a bigger picture of, of who's going to be shaping, um, well, from, from a fan perspective, who's going to be shaping the team come this fall. We know that the shaping comes from uh, from up above, but... Um, who, who's going to be heading up things behind the bench, and what are they going to do with the current assistant coaches that are in place? Are they going to clean house? Are they going to keep some or all of them? So these are all questions we hope to answer in the coming weeks. But there's one name that's now removed from the equation of possibilities, um, and so we wish Dominic Ducharme the best of luck uh, with his new position in Montreal, and we will continue to wait to see what happens Um in Laval, it's not you know as as we move deeper into the playoffs, AHL coaching positions continue to to open up. Um, one of the positions that it is rumored that Ducharme applied for was the head coaching position at Hershey, which we we talked about briefly last week. Um, and so there is head coach vacancy currently in Laval, in Hershey, and. Um, Let's see, there will be a new full affiliation in San Antonio, so there will be a, a head coaching position available there. Colorado, I believe, will need a head coach. And just announced today that Kirk Kleinendorst is out in Belleville. Uh, he has, his contract will not be renewed. So Belleville now added to the list as of a couple of hours ago today of uh, franchises in the AHL that are looking for a new head coach. So... I'm sure that list will continue to grow as, as teams get eliminated from the playoffs and, and turnover happens, but we'll be sure to keep everyone posted 
on all of that news as it comes along. And Edmonton being another uh, organization that um, uh, replaced yes, they, its, its head coach coming from the, the um, being an assistant with the Oilers um, and being uh, named the head coach in, uh, in Bakersfield. That's true. So one 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 team has has already has had a vacancy and already and already filled it. All right. Well, so from there we're actually going to move into actual playoff hockey here. And and Rick, let's talk about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. They closed out their series in dramatic fashion against the Providence Bruins last weekend. They they played the first two games in Providence uh, and and split uh, came back to Lehigh Valley with a with the series split one to one. Uh, and they managed to get two wins on home ice last Friday and Saturday night. The the PPL Center was certainly rocking. Um, <laughs> they always do a fantastic job with their entertainment and, and really get the fans into things. It was loud in the building. Um, and they won their game on, on Friday, despite, um, we'll get into this a little bit, but despite not looking great in the second half of the game, um, and they managed to get the win on Saturday night as well in kind of what was a little bit, I, I said in my game report that it was a bit like deja vu. It was another back-to-back game where they came out strong and then things turned around and they ended up needing overtime to win this one and, and take the series. Um, you know, overall, what were what were your impressions um, of, of both games as, as far as the teams that you saw on the ice? Well, it was interesting uh, because, as you said, the the, um, uh, the first two games uh, were were close and they were they were physical and they were rough and the teams didn't really like each other. And then when they came to the Lehigh Valley, the game on Friday night, um, Lehigh Valley ended up with a four-one score. But it, but the game was closer, much closer than that. And and mm-hmm. as you said, the Phantoms got out to an early lead and then um, there was some pushback, but. Um, the, the, the game on on Saturday was was I don't know it was it was well I didn't think that uh, the Phantoms looked very good at the start of the game. No. Uh, then we had uh, a, an extended kind of brawl and and uh, um, and fisticuffs and penalties and whatnot and and after that the. The Phantoms kind of took uh, control and scored three times. They they got the power play going, um, but then after the fir- and they had a three nothing lead after the first period. But then after that, uh, after the opening period, uh, and including overtime, the shots on goal were forty six fourteen for Providence. It's crazy um, for the r- rest of the game. It was. It was Providence just dominated um, the the rest of the game after the first period and um, scored one in the second, uh, twice in the in the third to, to tie it up, uh, and then we're dominating absolutely dominating overtime. It was uh, shots are fourteen four in overtime for Providence, um, and kind of a an, an innocent looking um, play, um, and and um, <laughs> you know. Uh, Lehigh Valley pulled out the win. Um, they got good goaltending both nights. Mm-hmm. Tukarski was was very good on Friday, um, and Alex Lyon was was uh, well. He had fifty two shots come his way on on Saturday night. So yeah, um, they they um, 
you know, they're 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 going to have to. Obviously, they're going to have to be a little bit better than that against a really uh, strong uh, Charlotte team. Uh, but hopefully, they've got the uh, kinks worked out in the first round and, and are, are ready to to move on to the second. Yeah, and and for them to take this series, you know, it 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 very much looked like it was about to go to second overtime. That innocent looking shot, as you call it, from Maxime Lamarche uh, happened just o- with just over a minute left in the 20-minute overtime period. Um, the Phantoms looked completely fatigued, completely gassed, heavy legs through the whole period. They found themselves pinned in the defensive zone for most of the period. Um, so it was a pretty, it was a, as you say, just looked like an innocent little shot. LaMarche just kind of tossed the puck towards the net, and it happened to find its way uh, through Zane McIntyre and and the building just erupted. Um, so let's see. I've got some got some audio. First, uh, Scott, head coach Scott Gordon was really impressed with with Alex Lyon's performance, particularly in overtime. He was absolutely peppered, um, and and there were there were some really scrambly kinds of moments in the crease. And so here's what Scott Gordon had to say just about. Alex Lyon's performance in overtime and and just the team in general in that extra in that extra period. Yeah, you know it's uh, as a goaltender, it's always frustrating. You, you know, you're looking at three one. There's eight minutes to go in the game, and to uh, have a game that uh, you know they were able to come back and tie it up. Um, as a goaltender, you, you, you're saying to yourself, you know, all I got to do is shut the door here, and we're, we're moving on. And to have that happen. I mean, for me, the the key part of that is his ability to bounce back for it, and he was by far our best player in overtime. I mean, I saw the chances we gave up in overtime. I don't know that we gave up that quality in four games that we gave up in in the uh, overtime. And part of that's fatigue. We we you know with the injuries that we had, we pressed a lot of guys hard, and uh, you know it 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 wasn't it wasn't a pretty finish, but the end result was, and we'll take it. And so as he says, you know, it's it, it's it's not easy. The guys the guys were were pretty fatigued, but but kudos to Alex Lyon for for keeping his head in the game despite being tired. Uh, we actually spoke with Alex Lyon uh, as well after the game, um, and he was he was pretty excited to see things end uh, in the in that first overtime and not extend things to a second overtime. I mean, pure excitement, uh, probably relief more than anything. Um, you know, one overtime is tough, but but you have to come back here, get an intermission. That that's even tougher. Um, so, you know, and, and I, I have to say, I can't give enough credit to the guys. I mean, um, just just the way that Providence came, and they were fighting for their lives. So, uh, it's to be expected that they're going to play that hard. Um, so we just stuck with it, and thought they kept them to, for the most part to the outside. And and Marshy, obviously, a huge uh, huge goal is getting the puck to the net. So, Rick, you know, it's it's one of those things. Coach Gordon did did talk about how, you know, he I think he I believe he said something after the game to the effect of I, you know, we always say any any puck on the net in the playoff or in in an overtime period is not a bad shot. And and sure enough, that's how they ended up winning this one. Um, very dramatic fashion, uh, but it was uh, it was exciting in the building to to say the least. 
and and Lamar uh, uh, Lion reinforced that, saying Lamar just got the the puck to the net, um, and uh, and I, that's sometimes all it takes. And, and uh, you know the the Phantoms had they didn't have their backs up against the wall. They had a little bit more, um, you know, rope uh, as as it were. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, to 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 finish that series and not have to uh, play that uh, fifth game on Monday um, is huge and, and huge to their uh, you know the fact that they needed uh, they needed rest they needed uh, they were in a physical series uh, they um, some injuries could heal uh, and just their their mental state having to being able to close out that series it's done and now can put their full focus uh, on the checkers. Right. Two of the things that really seemed to contribute to their success at home as well were was the uh, you know, reacquisition of Travis Sanheim and Oscar Lindblom, who were returned from the Philadelphia Flyers after they were eliminated from their NHL series against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, Lindblom and Sanheim both made immediate impacts uh, on, on Friday night. Uh, Lindblom actually scored two goals uh, in, in that game. Uh, Sanheim was... was equally as effective um, and again they both were big contributing factors to the lineup on Saturday night for the for the win as well and uh, this is what head coach Scott Gordon had to say about the, these two uh, young players coming back into the lineup for for these two home games you know quite honestly that that would have been a pretty hard um, pretty hard for us to be able to, to beat that team the, the depth that they had uh, without those two guys uh, Travis played 34 minutes tonight. Uh, Oscar, I don't know what he played, but uh, the reliability that he brings with the game, his ability to score two goals the other night, uh, step in and play on the power play and kill penalties. Um, you, you're talking, you, you're not just getting with those two guys. You're not just getting one player, but you're getting basically three players. You can play five on five, special teams, both special teams, and, and not just play them, but be very good. And that's. Pretty much what we what we saw, Rick. Um, Limblom and, and Sondheim were obvious on the ice for all the right reasons. It seemed every shift that they were out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you mentioned the the uh, offensive contribution uh, by Limblom. Uh, Travis Sondheim is uh, he, he had a ton of minutes both both games. Um, he he's really kind of a unique. Uh, Unique talents in that that he's uh, smooth skating, puck moving defenseman, uh, but he's very tough to play against in his own zone and and plays with a bit of an edge and a bit of a bite and we saw that um, in that that uh, scrum as well and and uh, and he you know some uh, some of his hits were uh, t- took a toll on the Providence uh, forwards and and uh, very good with his stick as well um, he. As as uh, the coach said, it would have been tough to to um, to do it without both of those players in the lineup coming back and, and being able to play. It, well, you know the one thing the one thing that that you mentioned um, was how physical this these two games were, which was which was a you know continuation of how chippy things were when the series started in the first uh, two games. As you mentioned. Tons of penalties on Friday night, and that first period um, on Saturday. I mean, there was Sanheim took exception to a hit, a hard 
really hard hit on Philippe Myers in the corner. And Sanheim went right in after the guy, and it immediately turned into every every guy on the ice, all ten of them, in a pile in the corner. And every every time, it seemed to go on forever because every single time that the refs would separate at least guys out into pairs, tossing gloves, things like that. Every time it seemed like things would simmer down and, okay, let's start shuffling people towards penalty boxes and, and so forth, it would it would erupt again. And that probably happened at least three times, if not four, that, that the whole brawl would just continue to, to restart again um, before they were finally able to get everything sorted out. And in the midst of all of that, Alex Lyon stayed in his crease, um, kind of skated around a little bit, but stayed right near his crease. Jordan Bennington, on the other hand, at this point they had given up a couple of goals. It was early. It was kind of mid, well, there's probably five minutes or so left in, left in the first period. Um, Jordan Bennington skated all the way out to his blue line and just kind of skated back and forth, staring down Alex Lyon, kind of saying, you know, invitation to the dance if you want to go um and so lion was asked about that uh in the post game scrum and what what uh what kept him in his crease and and then led to a a bit of a an off-the-cuff um kind of funny story from alex lion that that we can share so here's here's the audio clip of of how that went down for him no to be honest i mean i mean we and, and I think that he would say the same thing on the other side, but we scored two quick goals, and maybe he's not feeling really good about his game, so he wants to mix it up. And, um, you know, I was feeling good, and I'm not going to take myself out of the game that early. It's just it's just an unintelligent thing and uh, maybe a big momentum swing. So um, I guess I just look at that situation more analytically and it just didn't make sense. You see what happens to, you know, some of the teenagers there with, you know, overtime sets and fatigue. What's it like for a goalie to in that, that uh, I'm going to go back to the, this question. Um, I also got in a fight in juniors, and I got the crap beat out of me, so uh, <laughs> that's never going to happen again. That's my main, main focus. Sorry, can you, I was thinking about that. <laughs> quite, the, <laughs> quite the lighthearted moment uh, with Alex Lyon. You know, he, uh, credit to the next, the next reporter who started to ask him a, a very good question, and, and he simply said, I, I'm sorry. I have to. I have to get in the fact that I had, as he says, the crap beat out of him in junior, and he's never going to let that happen again. Um, really, really, kind of, just a lighthearted and, and fun moment for Lion, but also mature of him to to realize that it was not going to benefit him whatsoever to to join in the tussle. Well, and very quietly and and calmly. Um, said that, that Jordan Bennington's behavior was unintelligent. Um, yes, yes, he um, did. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Uh, I think the coaching staff thought the same thing because, as you said, Bennington um, was getting rather feisty after after his team went down a couple of goals and and uh, uh, and was, was wanting to get into that tussle. And then after another, after the Phantoms got a third goal, and um, they were heading to, to intermission. Um, the uh, Bruins down three nothing. Jordan Bennington uh, wanted to mix it up again and and uh, and threw a bit of a cheap hit uh, going into the the uh, locker room. 
And then we didn't see Jordan Bennington after that uh, in the crease for the for Providence. It was Zane McIntyre that came in relief in the second period. That's right. It was, as you say, it was as the teams were heading off the ice. And, and the way the locker rooms are set up in Lehigh Valley, um, for that first period, the teams have to have to cross by each other on the ice to get to the opposite ends of the rink to their dressing rooms. So as Jordan Bennington skated across the ice, Danik Martell was coming across the ice to head to his dressing room, and Jordan Bennington took the opportunity to kind of hit him, I don't know if it was an elbow or, or a shoulder, way up high as he was skating by and actually knocked Martell's helmet off while the crowd went nuts. Bennington ate that up and started taunting the crowd on his way. Yeah, it was, (laughs) as you say, uh, whether it was giving up the three goals or it was the behavior or a combination of the two, uh, he had a warm seat on the bench for the rest of the game. And and the crowd made sure that they knew that they noticed as well because the chance of where is Jordan started very, very soon into the second period, which I don't think he was too pleased with, um, but it, it made for some entertainment, for sure. Well, and just to finish the story, uh, uh, Bennington got, at the 20-minute mark, got a two-minute penalty for roughing. Um, he did. And, and uh, yeah, that, that the Bruins had to serve to start the, the second period. So now the Phantoms move on to round two, and uh, the Charlotte Checkers swept the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. I believe they finished that series off last Thursday. So when these two teams finally meet for their first game this Friday, Charlotte will have had eight days since their last game. Lehigh Valley will have had uh, six. Uh, Quite a stretch for both of them. and again, as it was in the, in the first round for the Phantoms, they had to wait almost a week between games two and game three. Um, and, and Coach Gordon was actually asked about what having that kind of a length of layoff is like for the players. Um, and, and his answer is going to apply here again this week as well, as both teams have had quite a significant amount of time off uh, in between playing games. And here's what he had to say. Uh, I think uh, the, the ch- biggest challenge is the boredom for the players. They want to play games. For the coaches, it's time to <laughs> recharge the batteries because you, you know, you go uh, on the road, you play the two games. It's just kind of a whirlwind, and and uh, then you jump on, travel back five hours on the bus, and you know. So, uh, but this was a long stretch, Sunday to Friday. I don't even think you get that in the regular season too often, and and uh, we, you know, we gave guys. The played Monday, Sunday and Monday off, and just had three three good practices and uh, work day on Tuesday and tapered it down uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, just making sure that uh, uh, we come into Friday and Saturday with high energy levels. And it seems to be, uh, according you know, looking at how they're practicing this week, they went with the same approach this week, um, and it worked for them last week. Uh, and and to their advantage, Charlotte is coming on the road to start the series. So. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms have won, Rick. They've won two games back-to-back, big games at home last weekend. Took a, took round one of the playoffs in their own building, and they get to bring that momentum right back into that building for the first two games of a best-of-seven series against a much more dominant um, and, and difficult to play against Charlotte Checkers team. 
Yeah, we're, and we're going to add for um, the the fans that may not know, uh, the AHL moves from five game a five game uh, best out first round to a seven game, the more traditional seven game um, in the second round. And uh, again, there's various formats that are used, but for the uh, checkers and the phantoms, it's going to be a two three two. Um, uh, format and uh, with the first two games in in Lehigh Valley, um, you know this this series. There's uh, I think there was about eight points uh, separating these two teams during the regular season. However, um, the uh, the Checkers went on a real tear, um, uh, winning nine of their last ten games. Uh, they they swept in the first round, so they're on a they're on a huge roll. Phantoms. Uh, had a bit of a tougher time um, um, mm-hmm. down the down the stretch, and and uh, so it's going to be in, interesting to see. And and for the Phantoms, um, you know they play well at home. It's it's uh, it's a big boost to 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 them to to be able to start at home and as you said, feed off some of that energy of the PPL Center. Absolutely, uh, Coach Scott Gordon had this to say about the upcoming series with Charlotte. Well, they're another team that uh, they only got stronger uh, prior to the playoffs. Getting, I don't know if it's, I think it's three players that were back down. A couple of them were already there. Uh, one of their players that was hurt for a while played the last, I think, week, and he's back in the lineup. And and honestly, they have four first lines. It's not uh, there, there's not one uh, drop in play. Whoever they put over the boards, and uh, we'll have to play a certain way to to, to handle them. Um, and we had some success uh, the last time down there. We weren't very good, um, but I, I think it's a it's a series that uh, we have to play with a certain level of intelligence because they do have uh, some firepower, and uh, we we just can't feed their offense. Not exactly. <laughs> I I think the coach understands too that this is going to be a very different series. You know, when when you have a coach come out right from the get go to say they have four first lines. Uh, you know that that you're going to play a hard series, um, and it'll be you know the phantoms that need to come out and hit the ice on Friday night are the phantoms that hit the ice in the first period last Friday night, and they need to they need to maintain that for 60 minutes. For sure, um, and the other thing the phantoms need to do is get their power play going because it sputtered uh, through the first round. And um, you know that these teams, um, they they they, it was a soft during the the regular season, um, winning four and losing four. Uh, but it was the last two games, as the coach said, that uh, Charlotte uh, had their way. The games on April third and fourth that Charlotte won uh, by a combined nine-two score. Um, so and and it was throughout the the. The, the series, the regular season series, it was special teams um, where the checkers dominated um, uh, the phantoms. So um, if if the phantoms want to want to make this a series, uh, they're going to have to both both their power play and penalty kill are going to have to be much much better than they were in the regular season. 
Well, it will definitely be a series to watch, and uh, happy to say that we will be continuing our live coverage of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, including this series uh, this coming weekend. We will be at the PPL Center in Allentown for games one and two against the Charlotte Checkers. And uh, hey, former Ice Caps fans, uh, there are a couple of guys you'll want to keep an eye on on the Charlotte Checkers team. Uh, Phil Samuelson is, of course, still playing. Uh, back there on the blue line, as well as Josiah Didier. Uh, so both of them, uh, I'm sure, are going to are gonna play hard. We're hoping to uh, to catch up with one or both of them uh, to do some interviews this weekend as well. So um, always, it's, you know, hockey's, hockey's a small world, and so there's, there's always guys uh, on the roster to keep an eye out for who, who our, our Habs listeners are familiar with and who have supported in the past. So it should be a great series starting in Lehigh Valley this weekend. Be sure to tune in to at the AHL report on Twitter for live game updates. And, of course, we'll have game recaps and reports and interviews posted at AHL.report. So, Rick, speaking of the AHL playoffs, before we go to round one, let, or round two, we should back it up to round one and just see how things shook out. Not only for our listeners uh, who maybe uh-huh. don't follow the rest of the AHL um, too closely, um, but also to check our brackets from the first round. So, uh, Phantoms Bruins. I believe we both took the Phantoms there. Yeah. And I believe we both said that that was going to happen three to one. I had four games. You had three to one. That's right. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> the conversation. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> um, as far as the Penguins and Checkers, we both agreed the Checkers were going to win. Um. And we both agreed that it was going... We both said it was going to go to five games. Um, we were both wrong. <laughs> uh, but we did both We did both select the checkers there. Marleys and Comets. You took the Marleys, I took the Comets. So that puts you one up on me. Mm-hmm. That's no good. And uh, with Syracuse Crunch and the Rochester Americans, we both took the Crunch, who uh, is the one who took the series. Out West, we both took the Wolves over the Ice Hogs. And before we before we get to the the Western Conference, sure. We we focus on the entire uh, we we uh, report on the entire AHL, but the focus, uh, at least for me, is uh, has been on the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And before we get to the West to compare our results, I'll just say that I was perfect in the East. Perfect. Okay, I was almost perfect. I took the Comets as my upset pick. Right. The but, Marlies were the obvious choice, I, and I, I, and I wanted an upset pick. Okay. Just wanted to mention that before we get just, to my just, debacle just wanted in to, the West. Just, just quietly and modestly mention that. Yes, because okay. the West a different story. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, um, we both took the Chicago Wolves over the Ice Hogs. The Wolves have been a very strong team for a long time. Shocking, the Ice Hogs swept them. They didn't even mm-hmm. win a game. So neither one of us got the Wolves right. 
No. Uh, we both took the Manitoba Moose to beat out the Griffins, and the Moose did manage to do that. Game it took it took till game five, which you had predicted was going to go to a fifth game, um, and no. so. Now full disclosure. Yeah. I said that I uh, my heart was with the Manitoba Moose, and I hoped that they they would win, but that that uh, I predicted that the uh, Griffins would win. That. Oh, did you? I have that mark. Well, maybe maybe because I made such a passionate case for the moose and then went the other way. Uh, oh. <laughs> which well, uh, then it then it seems we are tied currently with uh, so far with four correct team picks each. So let's see how the last two made out. Um, Roadrunners and Barracuda. I took the Roadrunners. You took the Barracuda. Correct. The Tucson Roadrunners won that series, mm-hmm. putting me up five to four. And the Stars and the Rain, we both selected the Rain, and they did not win. The Star, the Texas Stars did. So. I would humbly, quietly like to say that you didn't get anything right in the Western Conference. <laughs> that's, no, that's right. If 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 you want to follow follow me, listen to everything I say about the East and nothing that I say about the West. Um, really? Because it was a complete washout in the Western Conference. I didn't get any any of them right. Although, uh, you know, as you said, I was I made a strong uh, case for the Moose. Uh, and I was and and perfect in the east, so uh, it was it was a feast or famine, as they say. That's true. Well, I I got three out of four right in the east, and I was I was at fifty percent in the west. I took the moose and the roadrunners, so I'm feeling good about that. So that uh, so far in our bracket selections, that puts me uh, for our AHL playoffs. I am currently up over you five to four as far as teams winning or losing. And so only because I was honest to to, to mention the Griffins moose. Well, that's true because I had it I had it marked wrong that you had selected the moose. So moving on to round two, let's just uh, we can at least uh, give you the breakdown of of what the matchups are for round two in these best of seven series. And Rick, we can uh, we can certainly just quickly make our picks here. Uh, so the, we have the Phantoms and the Checkers. We'll start with them. Who do you we talked, see moving on? Yeah, we talked about. I, you know, I, I mentioned a couple of things as we kind of previewed that series. Um, you know, uh, they're pretty close on on paper, even though the the checkers were, as I said, about eight points back uh, in the in the regular season standings. But if you look at goals for, if you look at goals against, they're they're very close. I think that it's going to come down to um, the special teams, as I said earlier. Uh, and so, for that reason, I think that the uh, the checkers are going to prevail in in this uh, in this series. Hmm. I'm I'm inclined to think you could be right there. I'm going to actually choose the Phantoms here, um, simply because being a Philadelphia affiliate, they're gritty and they're scrappy, and they they might 
they might wear down Charlotte with the physicality a bit in this game, in this series. Um, so I'm going to take the Phantoms. We're going to differ on this one. I'm going to take the Phantoms. Uh, the other matchup in the East is the Toronto Marlies versus the Syracuse Crunch. I'm taking Syracuse here. I have this thing about not picking the Marlies. I know. Um, and it burned me in the, in the first round, but I'm I'm gonna pick the crunch. I'm not gonna pick the Marlies again. The crunch, the crunch just take things to a whole another level in the playoffs, and I I think Syracuse could could run over Toronto. Was uh, talking to a scout that uh, who said that uh, the Marlies have the, the Marlies will skate all over you, and, and their their offense will. Um, you know, bury you, but that uh, if they receive any pushback, which they certainly can uh, from a physical team like Syracuse, uh, they can fold pretty easily. Um, so uh, that 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 would push me a little in the direction of the crunch. However, um, the Marlies were were pretty dominant in the in the season series it was five they went five two and one against the crunch although each all the games were close um but if you look over the the last two years uh the marley seemed to have the the syracuse's number they've gone 16 7 2 and 1 uh that is the marley's over over the crunch so um i i think that that uh, toronto just has too many weapons and that they're going to it's going to be a really close series and the, the Crunch are, are a formidable opponent. And if anybody can beat them, certainly the Crunch can. Uh, but I think that the uh, the Marlies squeak this up. All right. So we are not in agreement on anything in the Eastern Conference. We'll see how – we'll see if your record with the Eastern Conference holds in this second round. Moving over to the Western Conference, we've got the Manitoba Moose versus the Rockford Ice Hogs. Now, are you gonna hang the moose out to dry again, or or are you going to go with with well, you the know, Winnipeg I, team? I uh, I picked against them in the in the in the first round, and that seemed to work out well. Um, so maybe mm-hmm. I should do that in the second round as well. One of the things that that um, could decide this is that the 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 moose power play just dominated. Uh, the Ice Hogs uh, in the regular season, they were above 30 percent. Uh, that is the Moose power play against uh, against Rockford. The games themselves were were pretty close. It was uh, two and two, I think, um, uh, for the for the two of them. But uh, if if the Moose are going to win, they have to the, the power play has to be uh, a factor. What turns me the other way is that uh, Rockford won two games against Manitoba at the end of March, uh, and they were on quite a roll. And uh, they, you know, as you said, they swept their first round series. Whereas, Minis- uh, whereas Manitoba had um, had a really tough first round series. So, with all that said, uh, I'm going with the Ice Hogs uh, in this in this series. Well, I uh, am going to continue to be contrary to you, and I'm going to stick with the Moose, who I did select in the first round, and I'm going to say that it's probably going to, you know, it'll probably be a long series again, but I I think I think the Moose could pull that out. 
And somebody's got to get those crazy, insane hog pig. You know, they gotta they gotta deal a couple of losses to those guys. So you know, the better logo, the 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 angry moose has to prevail over the angry pig. <laughs> both great logos, both. They are, <laughs> they are. I need a need a need to get a puck from that series because those two logos on a puck would look great. Uh, last but not least, we have the Tucson Roadrunners versus the Dallas Stars. I am. I'm going to go with the. Let's. I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and say the desert team is going to win, and I'm going to. I'm going to go with the Tucson Roadrunners. I'm supporting Joel Hanley, former Ice Cap Joel Hanley, and and I'm going Tucson Roadrunners. Well, good for Joel, and and uh, he's he's been a good player for for the Roadrunners. Uh, mm-hmm. Both teams had had ninety points in the regular season. There's lots to like about about both teams. Uh, Tucson was a little better in the, in the head to head. They won three of the four games. Um, the reason I'm going to give it to to Tucson is they've got a tremendous um, uh, away record. In fact, Tucson's away record is better than their home record. Mm. Um, and and uh, given that this is a two three two format starting in in Tucson, um, you know the, the Roadrunners could get a are going to get at least a game, and then they'll play well in for the three games in Texas. So um, I'm going to give it to uh, this series to the Roadrunners. All right. Well, we'll be sure to keep you all posted on how that works out. Um, should be interesting, and and I guess Rick, we should just quickly, as we wrap things up here today, um, we're certainly we're already into round two of the NHL, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. So let's just take a quick look and see how our brackets worked out for round one. Um, let's see here. I believe we had both taken Nashville over Colorado. I believe we both took. Winnipeg over Minnesota. And I had them in five, which uh, which happened. That's true. I believe we both took Tampa Bay over New Jersey. And again, and I had the Lightning in five, uh, so I got that as well. Nice. And I believe we both took Boston over Toronto. Right. Um... Vegas LA Kings. You... I had Vegas in seven. <laughs> okay, but, yeah, we uh, both ha- we both had Vegas. Pretty quickly We both had the Ducks who got swept by the Sharks, so we get nothing there. Um we both took Pittsburgh. And I had the Pens in six on that, which is correct. Yeah. And so the only I believe the only game that we di- the only series that we differed on was Washington Columbus. Here was a, a an instance again where Washington was the obvious pick. I was taking Columbus as my upset pick, and and it looked early in the series like they were going to do it, but no, uh, Washington won that one. So that puts you one point ahead of me on the yeah, NHL side. Seven of eight. Um, seven of eight. And you said the the yeah, seven, uh, seven, sorry, seven or eight for you, six of eight for me. Right. Excellent. Well, we'll see how 
we'll see how round two just just to remind folks uh for the second round um for the second round, let me look at the second round. Um, I have, I believe oh, we, we both have. We rack because there's there's teams that are are now out. Oh, that's true. We do. We'll have to we'll have to redo. We'll do. We'll. Well, should we do that now? Go ahead. Uh, so Nashville, Winnipeg. Um, I believe we both took Nashville for that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, this is part of the re-rack. I'm. I'm going Winnipeg in seven now. Seeing the way that okay. that Winnipeg played in the first round, uh, I'm, I'm I'm moving to Winnipeg on that. Okay, um, we thought that it was going to be Vegas versus Anaheim. It's now Vegas versus the Sharks. Oh, I'm I'm um, I'm sticking with Nashville. By the way, sorry, I should say that I'm sticking with Nashville uh, right. over the Jets. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, so. Vegas Knights versus the Sharks. I, uh, as we all know, am sticking with the Vegas Knights because I've been sticking with the Vegas Knights in September, and I am not ashamed to tell every person in hockey that I meet, and I actually have done that in just unabashedly. So <laughs> I am going to continue the Vegas support. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned, but it'd be Jets in seven is what I'm taking um, for the Vegas San Jose series. I'll take Vegas in six. Okay. Um, we have Tampa Bay, Boston. Are you re-racking that? We had mm, we had both taken the Lightning. Yeah, Tampa in six for that. Okay, and uh, Pens, Blue Jackets. Or, I'm sorry, Pens, Caps. Um, are you sticking with Pittsburgh to take that over Washington? I will, but but it's going to be closer than I thought. It. I I I can see the Caps winning this, but um, I'll I'll leave my pick at at tens and seven. Um, but uh, that that series is going to be closer than we expected. I think. Um, I cannot in any good form select the pens for anything so I'd, I'd, as much as it pains me to say that I'm going to take Washington in this series um, I'm going to take Washington in this series because there's, there is no good outcome in that series for, for me um, but I, I'm going to take Washington there see if they can uh, knock Sid the kid uh, onto the golf course for the summer Ovechkin wants is on a mission he wants to get to a conference at least a conference final so yeah he does you know, it's for the first time uh, so it's possible it is alright well we you know we'll see how how that round two also plays out and uh, we'll see how the see how the brackets line up uh, we will be back here of course next Tuesday uh, for another episode of From the Press Box we'll have plenty of fresh uh, audio coming from the first two games between the Phantoms and the Checkers this weekend um, so be sure to tune in for that as well as any other league news and Laval Rocket news that comes through uh, as as things happen. Be sure to follow us at the AHL Report on Twitter. You can find Rick at All Habs and you can find me at Flyers Rule on Twitter. And uh, Rick, thanks so much for being here. It was another fantastic episode, lots of information. And even though it's nice out, we still need to uh, put the jackets on to head to the rink. Great show, and we'll see you at the PPL Center on the weekend.
Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week. We'll see you right back here next Tuesday.